Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the self-proclaimed world's greatest podcast. That's the way the cookie crumbles. We are back today to talk everything about England, everything about us being in the semi-finals of the European Championships. Jim, back-to-back semis for Southgate's boys at major tournaments. Is it coming home? Of course it's coming home and like in the last podcast we said we'd rather be back here depressed because Ukraine have beat us or we're back happy and we're all smiles. All smiles, all smiles and especially on YouTube you can actually see us smile instead of our Spotify audio version but we've got much to discuss today. A little video just to check in with you as we said we'd throw them in here and there just where it was appropriate but of course it's appropriate Jim. We're in a European Championship semi-final against Denmark and I'm excited. But yeah, very excited. I mean, very nervous already. And it's it's only what Monday games, obviously in two days. Um, but yeah, can't go wrong with that performance on Saturday night. England are amazing. The best performance I've ever seen from my national side, and I'm sure even generations above me will agree. Yeah, I mean, it was a an absolute cornerstone for us in terms of there was a lot of people saying that Ukraine would set up in a low block, and they did up until a point, and then. I feel like the game switched on, you could maybe say, the half-time the half time mark, probably, because it was a point where I think it was 2-0 England at half-time. Was, we scored just after half-time. Yeah, sorry, 1-0, sorry. And Ukraine basically had to go for it. As soon as that second one came in, the floodgates opened for Ukraine. Inevitably, they're going to have to chuck more men forward to try and get it, because obviously that's knockout football. But Yeah, we, we, we're not meant to enjoy, as England fans, we're not meant to enjoy England in international tournaments and the way they played, but... We've, the game was wrapped up with half an hour to go. I mean, when when can you ever say that about England in a knockout game? And certainly enjoying himself was Mr. Harold Kane Cook. Yeah. Because um, Mourinho did um, say on top that they might catch Sterling in this one. I, I did think that in the back of mind. Yeah, he could do because Ukraine, you know, they've flicked a few goals already and off the might have been three minutes and then a header, not even an out of form player could miss. It was just brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's where you want Harry Kane to be at this moment in time. Obviously, people said he looked knackered, this, that, and the other. I think I don't think you can hide the fact that he did look tired in the first two games. And the fact that Calvert-Lewin came on and gave him a rest for 20-odd minutes, half an hour, is, like Jim said, it's 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 uncharted waters for us. We've, we've yeah. uh, rotated heavily, obviously, throughout this tournament with different systems and different personnel. But this one made a lot of sense, got all the people on yellow cards off, and that was just good man management from Southgate. And I think Kane, I think he'll win the Golden Boot. I'm going to say it. He's going to score two on Wednesday and he's going to score one in the final to nick it. Wow. That would be That's my prediction. World Cup Golden Boot. We've not had a penny yet. We've not had a penny yet. We've not. And we all know that we love pennies. We so, And we've got a few divers. I'm not afraid to say it. None that play for Chelsea, obviously. <laughs> but, but we've got a few divers. And I think, obviously, Harry Kane's our penny taker. I think he's still all right. Do you know what? I think he'll be iron up if he does that. I think he'd be out of that Ballon d'Or. After the season, he's had most assists, most goals in the Premier League. Got jits on the player of the year, didn't he? Well, yeah. I mean, especially for betters like me. <laughs> but I think what's amazing about Harry Kane is that, yeah, he started off sort of really sluggishly, and it, even the staunchest Harry Kane fan will agree. And there was a time in the Germany match when he went down injured. Well, injured, because obviously he wasn't properly injured. He was just must have had, like, a niggling one, and... Even me, I was saying, this might be a blessing in disguise if he comes off here because he looks knackered. And then he gets that goal to wrap up the Germany match. And then he gets two against Ukraine. And 
I think for me what showed his confidence has just gone up in the space of less than 90 minutes overall with that left footed volley he made just for the hat trick that's a, that's a confident cane isn't it I thought to be honest with you as soon as it left his boot I thought that's in and, and I thought it went wide it was a great save it was a great save just because he hit it so fast and so hard and friend of the pod Kyle did actually say in the group chat that that is a confident cane and I couldn't agree more with him that is a confident Harry Kane and if I was Denmark my my asshole would be tightening because he's coming to form at the wrong time for them yeah what a time though for the England's main man to get into form now because I think Sterling has carried the goal scoring burden on his back and I think for me a player of the tournament for England but now Harry Kane and now you've got to get your main men into the most important games of our lifetime 100% I mean the good thing about Kane, one of the last things on Kane is he's finally got the service. And that's yeah. what a lot of people were clamouring for. Yeah, he did look knackered and you can't hide that fact. But Grealish has played 113 minutes worth of football and got two assists. And it's just finally someone's putting him on a plate for your number nine. And creatively, that's my main problem that I've been with of England. All right, you can play a Bakayo Saka who's going to work hard and bring you other qualities and and be better in different ways but if you want match winners you have to play a Sancho you have to play a Grealish for me definitely and um, even Stern and Kane's relationship it I think a lot of people are a bit critical of it um, at the last World Cup but Stern assisted Kane for the first goal um, on Saturday night and I think it was six assists he's made to Kane which is the most in European championships one player to another for England in its history I mean that you can't really get better than that. I mean, that's a great strike for us. Sterling's on three, Kane's on three. Going into two important games and Cook. Denmark, it's going to be no easy task. There are no pushovers. Um, got a lot of technical players, a lot of Premier League players that are going to be big in the tackle. You like to your Heiberg. You know, Delaney is the same kind of player. and They've got a good defence. Simon Kier and Christiansen and Vestergaard. Dahlberg. Dahlberg. But on paper... England should win and if they don't it's going to be a tough question but would it be a failure would the tournament be a failure if they don't win on Wednesday night it might be a tough question if you ask Gareth but if you ask me yeah it is a failure we've been given a piss easy side of the draw Germany aside you would expect England if it put it this way if it was European Championship qualifier and you said right England after two games to qualify Ukraine and Denmark you'd fancy England all day every day in that but obviously it's not qualifying it's the European Championships Denmark obviously deserves to be there because they're in the last four. Oh, definitely. But for this crop of players with this run and we're a Denmark away from reaching the final and then playing Italy or Spain, yeah, it would be a failure in my opinion. But what do you reckon? Oh, yeah, it's, honestly, I don't really know. It's a harsh one because you'd be lucky, you'd definitely be looking back thinking, oh, if, you, if he was watching Denmark in the final, for example, on Sunday night. What if they win it? What if Denmark win it? No, it'd still be different. It'd be, I think that'd be worse. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> what, if, what if they beat Italy on pens or whatever? Yeah, I think that'd be worse because then you're thinking, oh, how many times do we get ace the first time since 66 we won a knockout game against Germany? All this first time we won a knockout. First time, first time we won the first typical, open game. It'd be typical. Um, obviously, I don't want to put too much pressure on him. Uh, but... I do. Pressure makes diamonds. <laughs> pressure makes diamonds. Bring it home. Yeah, but you know what? I think, I think they're confident. I think... They've got a bit of a swagger about them, England side, whereas they're not arrogant, but they are, they are definitely confident in their ability. Yeah, I and think it's the press. Sorry, I think it's the press that are overhyping how arrogant we yeah. are. Oh, yeah. And the fans. And I think they have been in the past. I think England teams in the past think they 100%. can just go out and win it because they've got world-class players on the pitch, but it wasn't the right system. You're looking at an England team now which is happy to leave out world-class players. 
because yeah. of the system, which is exactly what a good manager should be doing. Yeah, definitely. He's he's not letting the players pick the system. He has an idea, he has a philosophy, he's sticking to it. And I like his tactical flexibility going from like a four to a five for specific games. And it just shows that we're unpredictable. We're not four four two like we were in the past. Yeah. Playing skulls on left mid. We're not trying to just shoe on everyone in there. We're actually got a philosophy and like what Southgate said in his interview, it's what's good for the group at this point. And for example, Ben Chilwell, Ben White, players like that who haven't even kicked a ball at this tournament. Yeah. He's just emphasised that the twenty three that can get in the squad, it's for the best of the group. And I feel like all the players, like you said, there's a good vibe at the moment. No, there's no hate. I don't see any hate anyway. No. And it, I th- the I camaraderie that... looks like it's there, obviously in the pool, volleyball, all that sort of shit. Yeah, definitely. But that, the happy there's to... no egos. No, they're happy to be part of the squad, I think, too. Um, and I know you mentioned some players that have not had a, an appearance, but there's no saying they might not get been called upon. You've seen um, Spinazzola for Italy, one of the players of the tournaments, and he's ruptures Achilles tendon and now Emerson's going to have to step in like what if that happens to Shaw Chilwell's got to be ready if something that happens steps in Sancho would only kick the ball for like 10 minutes before starting Ukraine and he was one of the pivotal players in the press because he was fresh we had Mount we hadn't played for 10 days he had the tricky isolation which was obviously bollocks we talked about that but he came back and pressed hard it's a squad game and England have got I would say the strongest squad left in the tournament yeah, I mean, we can't afford to have a France-Switzerland situation where we're going in thinking we're in a semi-final. France, we would be thinking we're going into a final. People looking forward to Sunday. Like Jim said, there's a real opposition in front of us here. They're in a semi-final. They deserve to be here, regardless of the ranking or stature. or They're even without, you could arguably say, the best player in Christian Eriksen. But they use that as motivation, evidently, to get where they are. And like I said, we can't be thinking... Who are we playing on Sunday? We need to fully focus on this, settle on what we're going to do, and then do it. But, talking about settling on what we're going to do, what formation do you reckon we'll go? Because obviously they play three at the back, as did Ukraine. Yeah, they've switched to um, a three since Ericsson has been out of the tournament, and it's, I'm not going to say it's a blessing obviously, but it's, they, they, they look more of a balanced team, and they've been really attacking for what people predicted Denmark might be. And the last time we played a three was obviously Germany, and we matched them, and it worked wonders. I was very hesitant about that before kickoff, but then straight away you could see the the benefits defensively, definitely. And I think it will be tight. It's not going to be like Ukraine. I think a lot of people, casuals, will be expecting, oh, they're going to buy Ukraine. Oh, Denmark now, we're going to go and... No, they've got some really good players. Um, I think the one to watch out for is um, Alana's Merler on the left. He did the assist of the tournament against Czech Republic with that outside of his boot cross. And I think, in answer to your question, what formation I would play, I would be tempted to match him up and say, listen, we've got the better players here, match him up 3-4-3 and just hope that... Well, not hope, obviously there's tactics involved, but say that, listen, we've got the better players position for position and we'll win that battle. And I would be confident anyone to do that. But I would start the team that beat Ukraine 4-0. And we're going to go into our teams. Maybe I'd do make one or two changes, but certainly I'd start four two three one. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a firm believer of you worry about yourself and not the opposition. I know obviously every system has an Achilles heel, F Spinazzola, but this um, <laughs> too soon. <laughs> well, fucking is Italian, but but yeah, you. I, I'm a big big guy on 
you worry about yourself you'll play your way and if you play your way you'll beat them yeah because you rate how good you are but I could see why you would I'll put it this way I wouldn't be I wouldn't be fuming if he went five no. five at the back or three at the I, back I also think the um oh even though it's the free back and it's similar laid out on the pitch as Germany the Denmark formation I'm talking about I don't. He doesn't play the same. We was we was worried a lot about Gossens on the left and the way he arrives in the box quite late and he get he, he had a goal already against Portugal in that four one and he looked good there, but Merle's a different kind of player. He's more of a player who's gonna get it from deep and run at him and do a cross. So you, you don't have to worry about that long ball over and especially in midfield too. Um, Heuberg has made like I think he was the second most. Big chances, open play, big chances. He equaled De Bruyne. Only Jordi Alba had more. Um, so he's a player who you need to be tight on. And I, in a four-two-three, when I would do have the four-two-three one, and just have Mount sticking on him because I mean, what a player to do that. I mean, that's his bread and butter. That because he can punish him too in the turnovers when Hoiberg does make the mistakes. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. That's Mount for for anyone who's who's either not a fan or just simply doesn't know. Mount is, in my opinion, probably the best pressing attacking midfielder in the league with a Lingard both got a lot of legs both run 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 and especially when off the ball and the these likes to play football they've got they've got ball playing centre backs oh, yeah. in Christiansen and they'll try and keep it I think people think that that the shit and that's just not the case and these will try and play football against England they do try and get hold of the ball and yeah. I think that you've just said perfect person to sit on one of the defensive midfielders in this three at the back is Mount because he'll never he'll never give you a minute He's got an engine. He's played like 60-odd games this year. Yeah. And that week's rest has probably done in the world of good. Yeah, they definitely look like he did in Ukraine because the press against Ukraine was the best England has been all tournament and the scoreline reflected that. And yeah. I think people look at this Denmark team and think, oh, it's it's solid defensively and then it's got your Delaney and Heiberg who are two physical players in there. And they're a big side as well, so you're thinking they're just going to be sound defensive. But... I think only Spain and they've had more shots this tournament than them. They've been scoring goals for fun. They put four past Wales. They put two past Czech Republic. They scored against Belgium. Heiberg's making chances. Christian's coming into midfield and passing it about. It is a good side and it's definitely going to be a tight game. And I think whatever formation Gareth goes with, and we'll go into our lineups now, yep. we've got to keep the conservative um, kind of play in the back of our minds, which I think he has done throughout all tournament, and I fully expect him to do it again. Yeah, I saw something, just last thing on that, sorry, I saw something uh, about game management recently on Twitter, and it was basically about Italy saying that they made six of 11 fouls in the last 10 minutes of the game, and out of the last 22 minutes of the match, the ball was only in play for nine minutes. So, call it cheating, call it dark arts, call it what you want. But foster the people. <laughs> big FIFA for all that. <laughs> Call it what you want, but we need to do that. And if we don't have the right head on, let's say it is one nil against oh, Denmark, yeah. we need to adopt those philosophies from Italy, and that will show the majority of us. You talked about France three one up against Switzerland. I bet they wish they was falling around on the floor, giving away free kicks. They'd still be in this tournament now. Yeah. I mean, it's always that fat fifty-year-old bloke. Oh, get up! He's on eighty grand a week. <laughs> Yeah, but they're through to the semis and you're going oh, home. So I would be loving every minute of it if we were one up against Denmark in the last ten minutes and you get your Sterling and your Grealish just rolling around on the floor. That's where you bring Jack the lad on. I'd love nothing more. I remember when going off off topic, City at yeah, um, United and they're just wasting time and it was the best bit of the game because it's 
you've got to win. Whatever happens, you've got, got to right win. there, lad. <laughs> We've got him right there. We've gone a bit off piece, but we'll go to our predicted. Uh, well, our not our predicted elevens. What we would start, I would say. Yeah. So our collective eleven. Do you want to kick us off with yours first? Yeah. I think, uh, am I doing the whole team? Yeah, or? we'll do the whole team. All right. And then I'll follow suit. Okay. So I think we'll go four, two, three, one. Like I said, you worry about yourself, and then as this game goes, they worry about you. So obviously, Pickford in net hasn't conceded a goal at this tournament. Really impressed me so far. Made a couple of good saves, but he's—I make the point—he hasn't been worked to a point yet. He's not had much to do, so he starts left back. Luke Shaw was excellent in the last game. Delivery was superb again, and once again, we're a massive threat from set pieces. It would—it would seem, and so he's in—he's in at left back. You can't drop him. I think the only way he doesn't play is if he gets injured. Um, Maguire next to him again, flawless in that last game. Actually get, gets us out a lot. John Stones, obviously, next to him. Bit of a controversial one. I think Maguire's better on the ball than Stones. And I know Stones is your, the, the ball playing centre-back, but Maguire... I'm not his biggest fan, I'll be honest. I'm not his biggest fan. I think a lot of money. And I think, in my opinion, overrated by United fans, underrated by everyone else. I've seen him a bit more this tournament. I get it. He's still not yeah. worth £80 million, but I get it. Yeah. And yeah, um, he's slowly making me do a one eighty. Right back Kyle Walker. Obviously it's it's not my big not my best choice. I would sooner play Reese James, but Walker for Southgate he's he's always gonna play, so uh double pivot, I think Rice and Phillips again. Henderson will come on at some point to to see out the game like he did last time. I think Mount goes back in that number ten position. You play Sterling off the left. Sancho off the right, and then you go Kane through the middle. That's what I would do personally. And throughout the game, obviously, you bring on your Hendersons, your Bellinghams, your Rashfords, your Grealish, whoever. But yeah, that would be my 11. From three? Yeah, the same. The same as last. Same as last. Well, I mean, mine's not going to be too dissimilar. To be fair, I think I'm only going to make one change. But I'll just run through it. Obviously, 4 2 3 1. Um, completely agree with Cook. Let. Let you be the problem, not worry about them. Um, while obviously keeping some things in mind. Same back four, Shawberto, Carlos at left back. Mags and Stones, great relationship. I think when you mentioned on the ball, I think Maguire's really good at bringing it out, but Stones is kind of the... T- he's more of a cover defender, so he doesn't he doesn't go up as much. So maybe he doesn't have that licence in the England team, because certainly if I say he does that, and I think dictating the tempo, Stones does that a lot more than Maguire does. Um, right back Kyle Walker he could play safety in the NFL he's that good he's the biggest the best comfort blanket you could ask for in a team like England when you need that conservative um, kind of system in playing in for a tight game against Denmark especially well, he's rapid yeah that, the pace of um, they've obviously got a lot of athletes too Denmark Braithwaite's a fast and strong player and Pionis is though yeah they've got a lot of like players need to worry about the so you can't break up Phillips and Rice to amazing tournaments from both of them per play. Killing it. Um, obviously Sterling on the left, Kane up front, mounting behind like I said before, I'm sticking him on Hoiberg and I'm telling him be a menace all game. And the only change I'm making, I think Sancho was very good against Ukraine, but in a, an effort to play a bit more defensively against a better position, I am starting Bakayo Saka at right mid and I'm telling him because he's going to come back a bit more. Stones a lot of defensive work as well, and I think Saka will do the same on that side. 
And there you have it. That's our predicted lineups for the England versus Denmark match. Euro 2020 slash 21. We're playing on Wednesday. Hopefully it comes home. Hopefully we batter these so we can do another video for you later on in the week. And yeah, if you don't follow us on any of our socials, you can get us at Cookie Podcast, followed by the number one. That's our Instagram and our Twitter. You're obviously watching us on YouTube, but if you want to find us, you can get it at TTWTCC Podcast. And you can follow our host platform, Anchor FM, if you don't have Spotify or iOS. So that has been another episode of That's the Way the Cookie Crumbles, and it's coming home, baby. Do it.